Good morning. It's time to get up with Game 7 Sizzle. A stunner last night. Another on the way. October doesn't get any better than this. Meanwhile, were we premature on the Purdy Party? This was no San Francisco treat. We'll tell you exactly what it meant on Monday night. And then, sneaky big news. Since last we talked, the Eagles have gotten much, much better. We'll explain how and why and where, when and who. Let's do this thing. It's a Tuesday. And it's time to get up. Look at the squad. We are ready to go. RG3 can see the future with those glasses. I love it. It looks phenomenal. Everybody, Wendy is here. Wendy. Wendy is here. My God. NBA season. NBA. Very. Very strange thing. I wonder if the NBA season starts tonight. Wendy is here. Very strange coincidence. All that and more is on the way. Tons of football, but we begin with Game 7 last night. American League Championship Series. Rangers. Astros. Road teams have won every game. Adolis Garcia first inning. Bam! It might be. Oh. It could be. Oh. No doubt. No, it isn't. He might oh, no. It's a single. It's a, it's a very long single. Yeah, but then he stole second. Yeah, so but it made, up made it a little better. We're pimping singles now in the American League Championship Series. for a while. Two or nothing. Top of three. Uh, Garcia. Oh, that's a no-doubter. That's a no-doubter as he goes the other way. Fourth straight game with a home run for Garcia. And he was just getting started. Fourth inning. Second and third. One out. Rangers up 6-2. Base hit. Garcia. All right. Seager scores. Carter scores. Eight to two. The Rangers pouring it on. Manufacturing runs, Brady. Manufacturing runs. Houston, we have a problem. Top of eight. One out. Nobody on. Rangers up 10-3. Garcia. He did it again. Second player all time with four hits and two home runs in a winner-take-all postseason game. The first was Carlos Beltran. Here's how it sounded. Final out last night for the Rangers. Grounded a second. Two years removed from losing 100. The Rangers have won the pennant. The Rangers win the pennant. Garcia, four of five, two home runs, five RBIs. He's the MVP. Let's hear from the hero. This team right here, we are a family, and they push me every day to play hard. And that's why I just made just adjustment today. Just try to don't, don't do too much. And... If it's not for the love of all my teammates, man, this can't be possible. Listen, I mean, you just can't do more than this guy did in this postseason. Five home runs, 15 RBIs in this series, 12 of them if we started counting in game five. Let me say that again. Good. Game five, six, and seven, he drove in 12 runs. Mm-hmm. Officially, the 15 is the most RBIs by any player in a single postseason series Woo. Oh, that clutch. ever. We'll find out who they play in the World Series after tonight's Game 7 in Philadelphia. So that's your baseball picture. How about to the football? Let's do this, guys. Vikings, Niners, Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy. And here we go, under five minutes to go, first quarter. Vikings driving, Cousins, Jordan Addison, RG3, how about the throw? I mean, Kirk Cousins was dealing all night long, Jordan Addison. First time the Vikings have scored a touchdown in the first quarter this year. First time the Niners have allowed one. Meanwhile, if San Francisco is playing, Christian McCaffrey, by rule, has to score a touchdown. It's really nice to have that guy on your team. Just get him the ball any way you can. He's going to make something happen. 16 straight games with a touchdown for McCaffrey, but the first half scoring wasn't done. Jeff Saturday, how does this happen? 
happen. Shouldn't happen, can't happen, but guess what? It did happen. Great play. By strip that ball away, finish it. <laughs> Nobody back there to help him. Look at him. But I need I need to see this again if we can here. Oh, thank you. Dominic thank you. doesn't want to. I know, uh, and I hate it. You got to catch that with your hands. Don't let it get into your body. Also, hold on to it really tight. Grab your space mask. Do it as you can. Don't give up a touchdown right there. That's oh. another one for Addison. 16-7 Vikings. The uh. RG3. Here comes McCaffrey. Run oh. CMC. Get him the ball. Watch him do his work. 11 touchdowns in seven games this year. Ooh. So it's a five-point game. Now Niners near midfield. Oh, pretty good. RG3. Brock Purdy has been so good. What does he see here? Well, he was trying to anticipate the throw, but he threw it to the wrong team. Yes, he threw it very much to the wrong team. Cameron Bynum. Hey, how about the celebration? Ooh, here? hit him with the worm. First worm of the okay. night. 30 seconds left. Still a chance for Purdy. One more opportunity, but it is picked off yeah. again by oh. Bynum. His second of the night, and that one clinches it. Vikings win it 22-17. Back-to-back losses for the Niners. Coach Shanahan, what? Flat out got beat, and I think right now you got to take it like a man. And we got a game here, and you know, I think tomorrow um, we wake up. It'll be five days from now. we got a team coming off a of bye week who's been waiting for this for a little bit. And we can't sit here and worry about what's happened before this. All right, so the bottom line it is, Brock Purdy has been one of the great stories that we've ever seen in the NFL. This is a guy who comes out, he's Mr. Irrelevant, he gets thrown in last year and basically doesn't lose a game. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly, back-to-back weeks, it doesn't look as good. Should we be concerned about it, Jeff, Saturday? Absolutely not. Listen, at the end of the day, you got too many. Debo Samuel's missing, Trent Williams is missing, CEO, you know, Christian McCaffrey's coming off an injury, didn't practice basically all week. But when, look, McCaffrey fumbles early. Field goal kicker misses another field goal. Like, all the areas, you see, you see that it should be an interception. It gets stripped out and goes to the house. Brock Purdy it, it was struggled, but at the end of the day, he's giving his team's chances to win. By the way, when you look at it, they rushed the ball last night, the 49ers, for 65 yards. The Eagles against the same defense, over 250. Like, mm, at some that's... point, at some point, you have to realize what you're good at and take the pressure off a guy again. That, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why it's concerning is because it was against the Vikings. So, I understand the injuries are going to be a problem, but that's kind of always a problem for every team. It seems increasingly so for the 49ers at the end of the season. So, they're not going to have their full complement of players when they go to the playoffs, and they're going to play teams that are better than the Vikings. So, I don't know. I, I, it took me a while, to be fair, to come around to – fully believe in Brock Purdy, so it's going to take me a while to move off of that, but it is concerning. Last couple weeks are uh, an issue. I need to see that one interception again, RG3. I know yeah. you have a tape, but that first pick that he seems to throw to absolutely no one, what is it that we see here? Yeah, you know, we rave about Brock Purdy and his anticipation, reading with his feet in the pocket, and right here, he's going to do it. He's going to take his five-step drop and a hitch, and he's going to try to anticipate this end breaker. But what he doesn't understand is that the receiver kind of slipped there at the top of his route, and he's not going to get over there quite as fast. Mm. So sometimes when we talk about what is what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, yeah. that's anticipation. There's a fine line there in football, and we've seen him make throw. He made a throw early in the game to Jennings the same type of way right. and hit him in stride. So he just misread that one. All right, to be clear, I mean, I, I want to make sure I'm understanding. Are you saying that's not on the quarterback or it is on the quarterback? Oh, no, that is 100% on the quarterback. He just he misjudged that throw. The throw needed to be probably three or four yards closer to the wide receiver and not down the middle of the field. And when you talk about Brock Purdy, you have to understand that this San Francisco 49er team is not built to win this way. The way that they've tried to win these last two games, that's not how they're built. They're built to play great defense, run the ball, and control the clock. Let him throw the football 25, 27 times, be very high percentage, Uh. and they haven't had that. Their defense 
has not been one of the best in the NFL yeah, the past right. two weeks. Yep. So although a lot of blame might go towards Brock Purdy because he's not protecting the football, he also has to get the guys around him to play like they're right supposed here. to. They do. Let me get Nick, uh, yeah, Danny it's, in here. It's weird. They're not – I mean, it, it's just it's just two odd weeks for the 49ers. They're not yeah. tackling well. Like, if Fred Warner is missing tackles, that's that's just strange, right? right. I don't anticipate that continuing. The NFL season is long, right? I mean, it, it, you're not going to always be great. Like, there are going to be lulls, and I think they're going through one. Now, it does coincide with some injuries. Uh, Robert, you played with Trent Williams. Did oh, you feel well. better when he was in there? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, like, it makes a difference. He was so, punching Richard Sherman in the face. And <laughs> Devo Samuel is an important player for them. So, so look, I mean, I, I think it, it obviously is, is, is two games. You're not going to draw any big, broad conclusions about them. But – you know, they're gettable when they're not whole, and that's true of most teams. They're not, uh, they're not uh, you know, indestructible. Let me underline one of the points he just made. Cindy, let's put the Debo Samuel uh, graphic up there. Just how important has Samuel been to Brock Purdy? We'll take a look. When Debo Samuel is on the field versus off the field, the numbers drop potentially enormously. Niners averaging 4.4 yards per play without Debo Samuel. But that, that's a factor here. And, Nick, I feel like you were on to something. The 49ers are very top-heavy, right? right? They have a bunch of very expensive players. They've gone all in. So if you start losing those guys, they are less equipped maybe than some other teams to overcome injury. I think so, and I think you want to believe that they have so many that they'll be fine without them, which I think they are for the most part, but it's been interesting these last couple weeks. They should be able to win against the Vikings without Debo Samuels and Trent Williams. That's the concerning part. They should be able to win last week against uh, the Browns without their top players. That's the interesting part. But we're going to have up and downs for every team this season. It's not time to get off the bandwagon, right. but it's shown us some issues that they have. They should be, but, I mean, it becomes more of a question, right? right. Like, that's the whole thing. I mean, but you were talking about Jordan a team Jefferson that was way, was, Wait a minute. Way I mean, Justin RG3 Jefferson was there. Excuse me. What, what, what is it there? No, no, no. Listen, we always talk about the team that loses. Right. right? The yeah. Browns have shown ah. themselves to be a really good football team. Yeah. The Vikings are better than we thought they were. And, you know, honestly, Kirk Cousins went out there and gave the proverbial middle he finger did. to everybody saying that he should be traded. Yeah. Threw for three to seven yards and two touchdowns. Why are you looking at me when you say that? I don't know. Kirk would never do that. He, he, he probably would. But <laughs> let me not re- misrepresent my man Kirk Cousins. He right. Would he wouldn't do that. Do that. But I'll do it for him. He'll only give he you told everybody, <laughs> yeah. you shut up. They played their tails off. And I think when you look at the, the 49ers, we can talk about them losing guys, but it's not like they're just losing starters. They're losing all pro type of players. Right. Mm-hmm. So any team I think that's that the loses point. those guys is going to have, they have a little bit of downfall. They have a bunch of all pro type of players. That's yeah. the point. They, not a bunch. Of, not every team has as many impressive playmakers as they have in uh, tackle as good as them. So they can't afford to lose them, but they're going to lose them. It's football. Yeah. None of these guys have played yeah, the, a full season. The all the issue, guys we're the talking about. Is, this, is where, this is a Minnesota Vikings team that, without Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And right. Kirk Cousin went out there and looked like an all-pro against a defense. Great. And by the way, Prime, once, once San Fran took the lead, you know, if, at a good defense, you got to close the game out, right? You can't give up points. You can't do what they did. So there's enough blame to go around. It ain't, it ain't just on Brock Purdy. It's on mm. this entire football. It, it is such a week-to-week league, right? I mean, the sure. Niners were the best team now. You know, when Tush comes to shove, I think the Eagles <laughs> look like they're the best team in the league. Meanwhile, our top story this morning we somehow have not gotten to again was RG3's hat at the football oh, game this oh, weekend. Oh, word. West okay. Virginia, Oklahoma State. Oh, talk okay. to me. Yes, it's uh, I'll was it pack cold? Fur and it keeps you warm. Was it cold? It, it was very cold. Oh, okay. uh, West Virginia. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. Okay. Uh, the game time temperature was 55 degrees. <laughs> 
Oh, listen, when you're in a TV booth, man's from Texas, with the window open and a wind chill of 35, you better put that hat on. And no alpacas, no alpacas were hurt in the making of that hat. Thank goodness. Oh gosh. Unless it ran over and sat on your head, I have a feeling that's not true. All right, as we continue, fly, Eagles, fly. First they squish the fish, now they make a huge trade. Is Philly the best team in football? I think I've already answered that. Plus, no one was better than Action Jackson this weekend. Why everyone in the AFC should be very afraid about Lamar and the Ravens. We couldn't have more going on. It's Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Back on Get Up, we showed you the Rangers Game 7 win last night. Now we'll show you how Arizona forced a Game 7 of their own. Phils had not lost at home this postseason. Aaron Nola had been brilliant. I say both those things in the past tense because Tommy Pham leads off the second with a deep left field home run, and the Diamondbacks are on top 1-0. Next batter, bam! Lourdes Curiel Jr. <laughs> back-to-back jacks for the D-backs back who take back. the 2-0 lead. Top of five. Diamondbacks lead is 3-1. You like that one, Jeff? I did. Back-to-back jacks for the back. <laughs> Cattell Marte. Corbin Carroll leading off first. Oh, that's up the line. That's a rope to the corner. Ball's going to kick off the wall. It's an RBI triple. Marte's oh. 15th straight postseason game with a hit. Diamondbacks hold on to win it by a 5-1 score, so we will get a game seven for the first time in the history of the Philadelphia Phillies 
They've played in 13 previous best of seven series going back to 1915. Tonight it goes the distance. Mm. In front of what will be a raucous crowd. Himbo! Himbo! Oh, Himbo is nervous. The Philly fans are nervous today. Okay, back to football and overreaction Tuesday. Here we go, Graz. If I were to say the NFL is going to outlaw the Eagles' tush-push, is that an overreaction? It is, yeah. I don't think they're going to. Unless they come up with some kind of significant injury data that shows the play to be you know, drastically unsafe. I was at the owners' meetings last week. It's just not – there's not a lot of appetite for changing it just because one team is doing it. Jeff, should they outlaw it? Absolutely not. You know, the only injuries we're getting are hurt feelings. Because it's the highest percentage play in the NFL. Don't be mad because you can't stop it. You're getting dominated. Get a more physical defensive line, more physical linebackers. Somebody stop something. Don't be upset. This is what happens. The media tries to take over. And media, media. Don't blame the media. Four of four. Four of four on fourth down, and they ran on fourth down inside their own set. That's exciting football. RG3, you're good with it? You're oh, right? I'm good with it. They yes, you are. Tush more tush. Come on. Right. I mean, I was good with it, and he started yelling and blaming yeah. the media. Well, no. Get it out of here. I hate the tush push. Yeah. I want it out of the game. Awesome. Saturday yeah. right yeah. Yeah. I wish we could have run Look that. Look at the Ugly as hell, and also, like, <laughs> like, the dumbest names. Like, the only dumber name than tush push is brotherly shove. <laughs> yeah. They media. media. Until they figure out something better You want to watch rugby, go watch rugby. What you just saw was the Vikings trying it last night and failing. The reality Correct. is the Eagles are the only team that can do it. Next, Dan Graziano, oh. the overreactions. If I, I said <laughs> the Raiders should trade Devontae Adams by a week from today, which is the deadline, is that an overreaction? It's not an overreaction because I don't really know what they're doing with him on the team at this point. Like, I mean, they, they tried to throw it to him the other day. Uh, he they actually dropped a touchdown pass, which is really bizarre. I just think it's a team that's going nowhere. I don't think he really wants to be there. He's been pretty professional about it. They, they got rid of his buddy, uh, Derek Carr, which was one of the reasons he wanted to go there. I think by the time they're good again, he's probably not part of the team. Nate. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess you can get what you can get for him, but I think he would end up benefiting wherever he lands a lot more than whatever pieces that they're going to get. So if yeah. he gets traded, that team needs to do some under the table, pay a little extra money to the Raiders because he is going to win somebody a yes, Super Bowl. He will. Well, that, that, if, if he does move, RG3, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he shifts right. the balance of power no wherever yeah. he goes. Oh, right? 100% he shifts under the, the balance. If he wants to win a Super Bowl, go to Kansas City. But where should he go? He should go back to Green Bay. That's where he should go. What do you think, Jack? Oh, I, listen, I like Green. I like him going back to Green Bay, but like he just said, Kansas Kansas City, holy mackerel. I mean, it's in the division. Trade him to Kansas Hard to picture yeah, that. Big, him in big the money. You don't know. I mean, somebody go make a move. Hard to picture nice. that. All right, one more <laughs> another. Let's do one more. Hey, Graziano, if I said the Ravens have a better chance of getting to the Super Bowl than the Buffalo Bills do, is that an overreaction? No way, man. Did you watch the Ravens on Sunday? They look amazing right now. They're in all year, Lamar Jackson's playing. I think that's the best game I've ever seen Lamar Jackson play. And that is saying something. And Buffalo just looks like something's off. I mean, that, losing to that New England team right now is just not where you want to be. Now, the Bills have had a, a very shaky three weeks. Well, let's concentrate on Baltimore for yes, a minute. I want to turn to RG3 because you were there. You played there. You played with Lamar. Yep. And I sort of agreed, look, Lamar Jackson was the MVP of the league a few years ago and did things that we've never seen anybody yes. do. So it's hard to say that he was better than that. But it was different. Yeah. And in its own way, maybe better, maybe more sustainably good. Is this what we saw from the Ravens, which you've been kind of waiting for all year? Right. Is this what it's going to look like going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think it will. And I think this Ravens team that we saw on Sunday, they beat every team in the NFL. Mm. Listen to what they did to the Lions. Yeah. Right? The Lions are a top-level NFC team. Right? We've been raving about what they sure. were doing with Jared Goff. 
The Lions defense hadn't given up 100 yards rushing in a game all year long, and the Ravens put up 100 yards on them in the first half. Yes, sir. All right, so now I was talking about how the guys around Lamar needed to step up and be more, and they did exactly that. I mean, he had the most yak yardage ever in his career, 196 yards of it. I think he threw for 223 yards off of 11 play-action passes. Mm. So normally we've seen this offense be generated through Lamar and his running ability, and he's showing you now that he can be that elite passer because he's always been that way. He just needed a coach that was going to believe in him. Anyone hating on him now, they're just being green for that. I like what Todd Munkin did with him also. I think Lamar certainly deserves a ton of credit, but early in the game, they got Lamar on the edge with easy run pass offense, which then I think gets in the mind of the defenders. Then he's in the pocket also picking them apart. And then the way to beat Lamar, we thought, was the blitz. This is what he did against the blitz yesterday. He found the playmakers in key situations. Again, getting blitz. He stands in their pocket. He sees it coming and he attacks downfield. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do when you get blitz is make them pay big. If you make them pay for six, seven yards, they'll blitz again. Make them pay for 15, 20, 30 Hard. yards, they won't do it anymore. I see you, Ricard. I see you. See you that's not a guard. That's a guard. That's a guard. That's a dangerous looking team. Now, what, what we saw from them on, look, I was the one who spent all last week telling you how great the Lions are. And, and then yeah. the next thing I look up and they're down 35 nothing. <laughs> right. But, but that was that was a statement. I thought it was the most, the single most impressive performance any team has had in the NFL this season. Absolutely. I mean, they, they absolutely dominated from first whistle to last whistle. But you, to, to RG3's point, if, if they play this style of football, they're unbeatable, right? But that's the question. They're so inconsistent, right? They lose to the Colts. They lose it because they can't get. You know what the difference was that no one's going to talk about? We're going to talk about Lamar. Their offensive line. Their offensive line dominated this de- this Detroit Lions defense. Shocking. Uh, RG3 you were, said, you were this close to saying the right hey, thing. Hey, <laughs> you were this hey, close. Get, get right real tight right here. Get real tight. On one of the Almost touchdowns, had he had nine seconds. Nine <laughs> seconds. I don't Thank care you. what defense you're playing. You Thank can't, you. You can't stop somebody if you're holding the ball for nine seconds. You know that first touchdown when he walks in? Yeah. Ronnie Stanley threw a dude through the wall oh, yeah. into the stadium concrete. I mean, when you talk about physical domination, that is what you look like. And here's the thing. When Lamar stays in the pocket like he did, finds ways, finds avenues. And by the way, they're blitzing from depth. So it's not like they're on the line of scrimmage. So even when they're blitzing, it's taking them forever. That's why he's finding a way because their line did do a fantastic job. Let me just give Graziano credit. credit. You were the one before the season who said to me, it might take a little time. So maybe that's what we're seeing. They're kind of getting it together. Don't give him credit. And by the way, Lamar Jackson, like we, 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 we say a lot of great things about him. He doesn't get enough credit for the leader he is, right? Like, to, to manage the team through the growing pain yeah. and to not show impatience and to stand behind his guys. I mean, like, he's – Lamar Jackson is everything you want. And to foresee pers- this offense because, like, yes. he was the impetus behind moving yep. away from the antiquated offense that they were running and saying we can do more than that. But also, you meant to say defense. All right, I'm sorry. Robert, yes. and, <laughs> I, and, I, and I got you. <laughs> the number one reason the Ravens were able to 28-0 skunk the Lions in the first half was because their defense. Yeah. Roquan Smith out. has been Rian amazing out. Out. at leading that defense. They're the number one defense in the league for a reason. And you're wrong about Ronnie Stanley as well. He didn't just block that guy into the stands. <laughs> he blocked him all the way back to Detroit. Yeah. He told him, he's going to take this. Everybody you got it. Why see it again? Don't worry. I'm going to see it again. <laughs> the moment <laughs> that happened, the, the beauty of it, yeah. is that the moment that uh, play took place, uh, my Twitter exploded. Yeah. Yes. That one's coming, I promise. In the meantime, as we continue here on this very spirited morning, sneaky big news, the Eagles got
got much better yesterday. We'll explain how and why, plus where, when, and who. And then Giannis gets paid. Fans from New York to Miami are freaking out. Wendy will be here talking about the deal. Timmy Legs is here. The NBA season starts tonight. We're back in a moment on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Bottom of the hour. Get up. Busy morning. NFL weekend now complete. Let's do winners and losers. Jeff, who was a big winner this weekend? Bill Belichick. Let's put him back in the winner's category. Uh-huh. 300th win. Yeah. Potential uh-huh. more money, more years. I don't know whatever that means. This guy <laughs> made that listen. And the old pea shooter brought him from a deficit uh-huh. to get the closeout win yeah. against the nemesis in the AFC I hate it happen out there. Bill Belichick just coaching his way to more victory. Mac Jones to Mike Kosicki for the game-winning touchdown. RG3, biggest loser this week. Oh, it's got to be the Oakland Raiders for as much as the Patriots did. You're talking about Devontae Adams catching passes from Aiden O'Connell and Brian Hoyer, who many people didn't even know was still in the NFL. So the Raiders had a stretch here where they could have possibly put together some wins and put themselves in position to make a playoff push. And right now, losing to the Bears? Wow. With Tyson Bajan playing Shout out, Tyson. That was a mess in every way for Vegas. Nick, give me a loser this weekend. Yeah, I feel like it was officiating. Oh, I feel like yeah, it, was, oh. that, it was across professional and college sports, some bad refereeing. This one right here for the Colts, it seemed like it cost them the game. I don't know. If this ain't uncatchable, I, mean, for I don't know what is. The ball was thrown away. Yeah. What is throwing the ball away? I mean, at, it's, at I mean, some point, someone has to explain to me why it's okay for receiver to have their arm locked out and, like the, and the DB to just grab his arm, and they're like, you know what? That's a penalty on the DB. Yeah. Bend that elbow. Bring that arm back in. Graziano, give me a winner. Hey, Philadelphia Eagles. I'm hurt. Not only do they take I out the it. Dolphins on Sunday night, but then yesterday they make a trade with the Titans to get Kevin Byard to break oh, better wow. in safety, so they're better on defense. They won. They got better on defense. The Lions lost. The 49ers lost. Nobody had a better week seven than the Philadelphia Eagles. No, that's exactly right. And if you don't love those uniforms they were wearing the other woo, night, woo. we're just not friends. Woo. I mean, Graziano, <laughs> yes. how can you I, not I, love those uniforms? I wanted to, oh. right? But I like after, a week after the Buccaneers aren't, like I was expecting to be blown away. I don't know. Anyway, oh, I loved them. I know it's a minority opinion, but whatever. Unreal. Who looked the best? No, nah, the minorities like those jerseys too. Right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We love those jerseys. What you talking about? That is not what I meant. Magnificent. You're going to set yourself up for that. You shook them. You shook them. They just trying to get it. I'm just here for laughs, baby. I'm just here for laughs. Please. I've lost complete control of the of the situation. Let's talk about the Eagles for a minute here. They do make the big trade to shore up an area where that might have been their only area of weakness based on injury and other factors. The quarterback bounced back in a big way. All we talked about last week was the struggles of Jalen Hurts, the Jet defense, all that kind of stuff. He needed to bounce back. He played big. Right now, are the Eagles in a week-to-week league the best team in the NFC? I think so. And I, I know that Jeff's going to get excited when I say this, but mm. it's because what they do up front, man. Oh, that O-line and that D-line. <laughs> give him a good ear. 
D line are punishing people game in and game out. And it yes. makes the life a lot easier for everyone else. If it's not for a fluky screen pass that turns to an interception touchdown, they might have run away with this game a little bit earlier. And I think we all know how good Hurts is. He plays well in, in these great situations. And then that final drive gets Jeff real excited yeah. because every time yeah, yeah. they had a pivotal play, yeah. you know what? Let's just push right through. And it's, yeah. it takes no courage Brotherly to do that. Shove. I'll say this about Jalen Hurts, though. I mean, we know how good he is. And when we do. Yes. But this was a big night, I thought, for him. Yeah. And a big night coming off a bad game that he, he like, let's face it, he gave yeah. that game away against the yes. Jets. It's and it happens. Play. Great players have bad games. What they don't do is have back-to-back bad games. I thought that showed you something for him bouncing back. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts has always shown us that his response to adversity oh, is to yeah. come out on top yes, at every it. level he's ever played. Yeah. The thing for the Eagles is they know their identity, fellas. Right? They know who they are. And I got to say it, A.J. Brown having Ooh. five games of 125-plus yeah. yards receiving, he should be in the MVP conversation. Ooh. 100%. I agree with that. Right? But this game was all about the defense as well. Yeah. They, yeah. Made the, they made the Dolphins average third and eleven. Yep. They won on early downs, put them in bad down and distances and bad situations, and they capitalized holding Tua and Tyreek to minimal yards. Jump in here, Graz. It's a statement by the Eagles, right? We're still, you know, we're still the bullies here. We can still beat you. You can be, I mean, you can beat somebody 70 to 20 if you want, but you got to come into our place. We're going to make it tougher on you. Look, with Hurts, he's a, he's a little turnovery right now, isn't he? Like, like a little, if there's an area of concern, it's that. But to RG's point, there, there's, there's very few guys in the league that have shown an ability yeah. to improve as time goes along. The Eagles are winning games when Jalen Hurts isn't playing out of his yeah. mind. Right. Yeah. So that, right. to me, means they're going to be more dominant as the year goes on as he rounds into shit. I want to say something to Jeff that, that Rex said yesterday, sitting right yes. there. Uh, the, the first words out of his mouth on the show, I said, what does Eagles-Dolphins tell you? He said that at the end of the day, power teams beat finesse teams Every time. It's facts. And when you think about the, the Dolphins, they've been rushing for like a buck 80 every week. They, they get shut down by Philly's defense. They make them one-dimensional, keep Tua in the pocket. And you know Tua can't pull it down. You worry about injury concerns of him pulling it down. But you look at the Eagles. Here's the other part about Jalen Hurts to me is Nick Sirianni. Let's give him credit. Mm. He does not back down on aggression. Nope. Whether it's the tush no. push, whether it's pushing the ball down the field with Jalen Hurts, like he's not moving off the mark, and his team plays to that. Again, like you said, basically gave the game away against the Jets. They didn't come back and take their foot off the accelerator, man. Gas down, let's get this thing going. You have to love that type of mentality from their coach because it fits the personality of their football team. Also, Jalen Carter was a good pick. I'm willing to go out on that limb. Really? You're going to go on the limb? I I want to come back. Our producer already. I want to come back to the thought of of A.J. Brown being in the uh, MVP conversation. If if you look at players who are having the the most significant impact on their teams this year, we all know it's a quarterback award. He should be in the discussion. Let's come back to that as we go. But you know what tonight is, ladies and gentlemen? Tonight is the start of the NBA season. And Spall Night speaks. Speaking of MVPs, Giannis Antetokounmpo has decided to call Milwaukee his home for another several years. The Bucks star surprising everyone, signing a three-year 186 excuse me, million-dollar extension that will keep him with the franchise for the full length of new teammate Damian Lillard's contract. Giannis and the Bucks will host the 76ers in their season opener on Thursday. Nothing to sneeze at. The guys are here. Timmy Legler, Brian Windhorst, ready to roll. Okay, the, 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 we were talking this morning before the show. That was a big surprise from Giannis. Whoa, this was not seen at all. He had a midnight deadline last night to sign this extension. 
There was zero discussion of it in the league. There was nobody talking about this at all. He didn't have to do this. He was already on the record to say he was going to do it next year, which financially made a little bit of sense. Doing this now locks him in for two additional years to the Bucks, and also sets a huge tone for this season going into a new coach with the Dame Lillard trade. Absolutely. And so let's talk about that with Lillard. It really feels like a move of solidarity because their contracts line up now, right? So that's sort of like him saying, all right, you're in it. I'm in it. Let's do this thing together. There's nothing about this, Legs, I don't like. No, this is a calming influence over the entire organization, and it sends a message to Damian Lillard. You are the right guy. You're the guy I've been looking for. I want to win more championships because all along, Giannis has never been a guy that wanted to win a title or win an MVP. He wants to be one of the greatest to ever do it. He knows what that means. Now he has a guy next to him that he believes is going to be the impetus to go get more rings. This move sends that message to everybody. Not that it was a difficult decision to take $62 million a year for three years, but yes, there was no talk about this. People were wondering where Giannis' mind was based on some other comments that he made. This sends the statement to the entire organization, but especially to Damian Lillard. That said, I am as big a Drew Holiday fan as there is anywhere, as I know most people love his game. Chris Middleton has just not been able to stay healthy in recent years. Is the league convinced, Wendy, as you talk to everybody, that this is going to be a slam dunk home run, um, to mix my metaphors, in Milwaukee? They are not. Number one, there's some concern about Adrian Griffin, first-time head coach, already had a defection on the coaching staff, which wasn't great. There is Chris Middleton coming off the knee surgery. We're going to see how he's going to look. And there's some rough edges to smooth out with Dame Willard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And the competition level is extremely high, not just in the East, but in the whole league. So if, the, if, the, if Giannis was going to look at this season before extending, there was maybe a little window that he might pivot away from that. So that, that's why getting this extension done now is a real message to the rest of the league. Are they going to be great? Are the Bucks yep. going to be great with those two guys? Quickly. There's two teams in the East on a totally different level, Milwaukee and Boston. It's that simple. What Damian Lillard does is take the pressure off of Giannis Antetokounmpo to have to close games. He's never had a guy like this next to him with a live handle that can score the way Lillard can, and that's why I think, yeah, the Bucks are a legitimate title contender. So you say two teams? Yes. Milwaukee and Boston? Yes. That means Philadelphia, and I'm not, I'm not, I understand what you mean, not on that level. And the James Harden thing continues to hang over them. What is the latest, Wendy? Yeah, he's not going to be there when they play on Thursday in Milwaukee. He hasn't practiced in nine days. He has not played a single game since last season. When he went back to Houston last week, that was a signal that this is going to be a long standoff. I will say because both sides have very limited options, I don't think you're going to see any bolting of any doors. Also, the Sixers are not inflaming the situation. They are calling this an excused absence. They are not finding him to try not to make this worse. But James Harden is not going to be on the floor in the short-term future. And I think medium-free future, it doesn't look good either. So what? He's put, what? That, he's put this organization in an impossible position. It never should have got this far. They, sh- they should have handled this much sooner than letting this drag into the season and forcing him basically back to the team when he said he didn't want to be there. And I made all those comments about Daryl Morey. Here's the problem they have. What is his market value? If you're a contending team, do you want to give up key pieces to bring in a guy that you've got to change your entire style of play to acquiesce to and also know that he's going to have issues in the postseason when you need him to come through? Will he be there? Who's going to do that if you're a contender? If you're not a contender, why would you want to do it either? So his market value has so greatly diminished that now Philly has to recalibrate what they think they can get back. They need to make this move. They need to do it sooner rather than later because I've not fully bought in James Harden. is just going to drag you down and continue to be an anchor around Joel Embiid's ankles. 
You need to move on from him. You need to get role players that fit with Embiid, give the ball to Maxi, and let's see what his ceiling is. It's time to make that move. But I, listen, I'm making it sound easy. With a guy like this, this is very complicated to make sure you get some kind of return. So in our second hour, we're going to do the West. We're looking at the East here, so we'll get to LeBron and the Lakers and the Suns and all of that. But quickly, Milwaukee and Boston, on a, is, is, you agree with legs, Milwaukee and Boston in the East and then everybody else? Yeah, with Philly being potential, depending on what they might be able to get for Harden. If they end up making a winning trade, they did that two years ago. They ended up making a winning trade with yeah. Ben Simmons. Yeah. They could be on that level, but it's an if right now. Okay, we'll see. Uh, the East will be fascinating at all. We'll be, again, these guys with us all morning. We'll do the West as we continue here. Our first NBA doubleheader tomorrow night. Celtics and Knicks, 7 Eastern. And then you will see the debut of Victor Wembanyama hosting Luka and the Mavs. NBA Countdown gets it all started 6 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up after a horrible weekend for the Dolphins and the Bills. Is the door suddenly wide open for the J-E-T-S? Jets, Jets, Jets. We'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about this sneaky hembo for Graziano. Here's the question. Who was the MVP of the league the last time the Jets won the AFC East? I don't know. Who was it? It's a fascinating little question. The answer is next. Those fingers look good. Those nice fingers. Hate that man. All right, we're back. Let the record show I love the question because you have to know the year and then know the MVP. It's not the Jets. Who was the MVP of the National Football League the last season in which the New York Jets won the AFC East? I just want to make it clear nobody wants to help, right? Like, I, I think 2 was the last year the Jets won the division. There's 20 Jets fans in this studio. No one will confirm or deny that for me, so I'm just going to believe I'm right. In 2002, I've been playing in the same fantasy football league for the last 29 years. In 2002, my quarterback was Rich Gannon, and he was MVP of the league. Rich Gannon is the answer. Yeah. Rich Gannon is correct. Yeah! Yeah! Right. yeah. He is unreal. The man is unreal. Oh, Hembo took that one in a bad place, both literally and figuratively. Well done there by Graziano. It was. It was, it was 2002. The, the, the Jets clinched it on the last day. Two minutes ago, Chad needed my confirmation. Chad Pennington beating Brett Favre in Green Bay on the last day of the regular season to wrap up the division. 28-11 in favor of Graziano. He's up two touchdowns and a field goal. All right, our next game is called Bad Game or Bad Sign. Dominique, I'll start with you. If the Detroit Lions got blown out by the Ravens, was that a bad game or a bad sign? Yeah, I think it was just a bad game. They have, they've had a really good run the last, uh, or since this season has started, with only a loss to the Seahawks in overtime. They've been impressive. I don't think that this is the end of the Lions' run. It was just a bad sign, or excuse me, a bad game. Next up, we talked about the Dolphins' loss to the Eagles a lot. RG3, was that a bad game or a bad sign? It was a bad game, and, and it's in a different sense. More times than not, the teams that are the healthiest at the end of the year are the ones that are successful. Right now, the Dolphins are down three starting offensive linemen and five starters on defense inside of that football game, and they still had a chance to win it late in the fourth quarter. So I actually came away more impressed with the Dolphins because of where they played being so limited. Yeah, we had some huh. folks saying the same thing yesterday. Jeff, how about you? The Bills losing to the Patriots, was that a bad game or a bad sign? That's a bad sign. I mean, listen, first of all, offensively, this team has played sloppy. You can't lose. You can't start the way they did. But they have injuries on defense. Milano's out. Tredavious White is out. 
two Pro Bowl or All-Pro style players. They couldn't close the game out with a lead. It's a bad sign for them. Josh Allen with no running game is very limited, and it showed in the, in the last two losses. Okay, so let me see here. So the, 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 the Bills lost. And the Dolphins Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. It's a very curious, very curious little situation. Very curious. And then, by the way, last night, a fellow by the name of Aaron Rodgers was on with Peyton and Eli talking about his recovery and what's next. I think for me, you always have to set a goal. Otherwise, you go kind of crazy. And, and so the goal is to definitely come back. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into that. But um, I got to you know get to a point where I can protect myself and then do what I do. But, you know, to me, throwing on the field was just a way to feel normal. You know, when you're away from the team and you're separated, uh, being on the injured reserve list, anything you can do to make it feel like you're kind of a part of it. For me, it was just kind of getting back out there and messing around in the pre-pre-game warm-ups. I mean, I have to be able to walk out there without crutches and and uh, throw a ball around a little bit. So that, that gave me a jolt. And, you know, I'm just, just uh, having the mindset with my rehab every day to, to hopefully come back at some point. Gave me a jolt, too, Aaron. Gave me a jolt, too. And so the next game we call is called Tell Me I'm Wrong. And here's what I want you to tell me. I'm telling you right now the New York Jets can still win the AFC East. The Bills suddenly look very vulnerable, and the Jets have beaten them. The Jets have not played the Dolphins yet, and we'll see how healthy that team stays. The Jets do look like they are a team with a positive trajectory. The quarterback is playing better. The legend is coming back at some point this season. The defense may be the best team in the league. Tell me I'm wrong. The Jets can still win the division this year. Jeff, you are wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> you are wrong. Coming when you up, talk about the am I high? I'm wrong, but are, am I high? You are wrong. You are completely wrong. Not high. Listen, not you're high. not going to. The high. defense has created four turnovers or more. Like that's just that's not a sustainable way to win. As much as you like where or the progress of the offense, it's going to hold them back. Whether it's Buffalo or Miami, they are they are not going to have. They're not going to end up winning this. Three percent chance to win the division. Three percent. Three percent better. It was less than one. Tell me wrong. Yeah, I mean it can happen. I don't think it's likely to happen. I think what we've seen so far from Zach Wilson has been impressive uh, relative to what we expected from him. But I don't think he's going to be good enough or that offense is going to be good enough or the defense, like Jeff said, is going to create enough turnovers for them to win. They can win the division. It's it's a possibility, right? But the bottom line is if the Jets' defense is going to play the way that they did and they pick off the opposing quarterback three times, Zach Wilson protects the ball, and they get Garrett Wilson involved early in the game, yeah, they could be successful. But for the Jets, I'll give you a little tidbit here. Jimmy, go. They got to start scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Right now, they're 32nd in the league in touchdown percentage scoring in the red zone. If they want to have a chance to win the division because some of these other teams are starting to falter, they have to score seven instead of three. Obviously. And part of that, I think, is that they're afraid of the big mistake that Zach Wilson might make in that part of the field where everything gets so So what is the key to that? You tell me. It's it's easy. I don't mean to criticize the comment, but it's easy to say we need to score time. How do we do it? Yeah, it's not not wrong to criticize the comment. It's criticize their play calling. No. You know, are they afraid of missing out on the three? They're trying to play the – they're trying to win with defense, and they're saying, I'd rather take the three points here than wind up with nothing if he makes the mistake. I think it's all situational. If you're in a game and Zach Wilson is, is playing well and he is seeing it well, then they'll take more chances in the red zone if your defense is playing out of their mind yeah what coach wouldn't take three points but I think they still have to unleash Zach Wilson if they're going to have a chance to make the playoffs you can't just wait for Aaron Rodgers to come back if there's no playoffs to be there he ain't playing anyway Patriots a good example this week right because they they had reason to doubt Mac Jones's ability to throw touchdown passes in the red zone but the way he was going they let you know the game plan was good and he was playing well so yeah look to win the division 
I, I, I think we're seeing the worst of Buffalo. I, I, don't, right, I don't think sure. they're going to be – I'm curious to see what they do by next Tuesday. Maybe they add a piece or two on defense, right, by the trade deadline. And Miami's going to be tough. Most weeks, Miami's going to look really good, right? right? They go into Philadelphia, they're not going to look as good. So, I think it's an uphill battle for the Jets. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's coming back. But yeah, I think. It's, oh, he's and, coming back. And, and, you, he's coming. <laughs> and you used to say it best, right? Like it's going to be hard to limit the Dolphins to 17 points. I know they just did, yeah. but if the Jets do that, they still might not score 17 points. That's that's your issue. Is how, how do how do you match score for score? I'll I'll put a little sunshine on this conversation for you. The first six games were the hardest ones for the Jets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They came out of that three and three, which I think before the season, we thought with Aaron Rodgers. Would be great. We would be excited for them going forward. They've yeah. done that without Aaron Rodgers. Look at Rodgers. this. Nate, oh. now, at this, Giants. That's a home game. Winnable. At the Giants. Win. Winnable game. Home Chargers, ESPN. Game winnable. That's winnable. Win at Raiders. That's winnable. winnable. Okay, now we're six and three. Now someone yeah. talk to me here. Yeah, yeah right? but the thing is, those are also all losable. No. <laughs> it's the thing. That's the problem. When you don't have an offense that's reliable, that you can rely on a quarterback, we have an offense that's based around uh, Brees Hall and uh, hoping that you create turnovers in short fields and hoping that MVP caliber quarterbacks throw right. you the ball at the end of the game. This is the problem with two of those wins that were of the three we're talking about was one, they had a, a punt return for a touchdown mm-hmm. and three interceptions. Yep. The next one was uh, Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions and then a really uncharacteristic one at the end. You're going to need that to continue to happen throughout the course of the season, and that doesn't feel likely. All right, we'll see. So I think if there's one thing we took from this conversation, <laughs> it's that I'm right and the Jets are going to wind up winning. <laughs> not, 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 not a thing. That's good. Not, I love not it. Not Here's Aaron Rodgers saying he's coming back. <laughs> I'll put this back in now. I wasn't paying any attention to you guys. I'm not listening to you. I, music on in this thing <laughs> as we're going through this. In the meantime, as we continue, a second straight stunner for San Francisco. What is wrong with the 49ers? Is the Purdy party in trouble? We're talking about it coming up. And then, is there anything better than pancakes on a Tuesday morning? Jeff is going to be serving them up hot. And we have a little appetizer. Give me the appetizer. Little appetizer, a little screenplay from my man up in Green Bay. I want to watch the, watch the athleticism out in space. Receive it! Receive it, my good friend! Outside, just take look at the forearm shiver. As he hits the ground, he's screaming, somebody get him, somebody get him. You gotta love it. It's being laid early. Putting the hat. I want I want you to watch the final scene of this too, of the of the movement of the t- of the defensive cornerback. Taking, look, oh. head back, that. <laughs> I want a rule change. That is a thing of beauty. We can't cut y'all no more, so you no. can't be hitting us. Yeah. That's illegal. You got, you, got, I mean. hey, you got a front up, that's why you get paid all that big money. I used to go right at your knees. <laughs> yes, you did. Pancakes yes, you did. are on their way. Stay there. Let's do this.